Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. This week we find out about all the strange things that happen at the boundaries of our solar system and our own atmosphere on Earth. Now, the atmosphere on Earth is a turbulent, jumbulent mess, but there's actually a strange generator pulsing away in the upper atmosphere, influenced by the weather here on Earth and the Sun. Plus, we find out about the heliosphere and what is happening at the boundary, what are the shape it takes, what happens to the heliopause, and what makes it be so squished and in a strange shape. When you picture space, you picture something incredibly vast and often incredibly empty. But space is way more complex than that. And we have to imagine, even though we can't see them, all of the various particles, electromagnetic fields, plasma, gas, all of these things that make up the so-called interstellar medium, the stuff that exists in space. Even inside our own solar system, it is awash with all kinds of waves. You have the electromagnetic spheres of all the different planets interacting with each other and that of the sun which can cause beautiful things like aurora when our magnetic field here on earth protects us from bombardment by cosmic rays and solar flares it creates beautiful light shows for us jupiter actually has a pretty interesting magnetic field that you can even listen to it sounds pretty deep and rumbly much like the planet itself but the space in our solar system has an end because Obviously, the sun has a region of space around it, and it is in more or less control of this region, where gas and solar wind and other kinds of, let's call it, atmosphere of the sun extend. Yes, to be clear, the sun has layers in its atmosphere, much the same way as ours does, and these extend out upon layer upon layer upon layer. Now, it's an atmosphere of gas, or astrosphere really, which also is combined with a magnetosphere. This is pretty much the final layers of the sun, and they go well beyond Neptune and the farthest of the dwarf planets, past all those trans-Neptunian objects, into the outermost boundaries of our solar system, into a region where we have a couple of interesting things happening. So in this heliosphere, the term we believe coined by Alexander Desler in 1967, which is the area of space and space climate around our sun. Now, when you look at the heliosphere around our sun, they have a really outer region called the heliosheath. In this region, it's like where all of the rough, turbulent flow out from the sun, whether that be plasma, particles, solar wind, you name it, is hitting the interstellar highway. And you end up with a bow shock, lots of turbulent and compressed solar wind rumbling around this region. And then once you pass beyond that, you get to the heliopause, where it just rapidly calms down. And the heliopause then is this different point where the solar wind and the interstellar wind balance out and are in equilibrium. Beyond this, of course, you're in interstellar space. What's really fascinating is that when Voyager 1 went through the heliopause way back in 2012, it measured a 40-fold and rapid increase in plasma density. Now, of course, also Voyager 2 managed to escape our solar system and into interstellar space like Voyager 1 way back in 2018, which we talked about here on this podcast. In fact, the original name of this podcast, when it was a radio show on C90.7 FM here in Melbourne, was actually Heliopause in, in honour of this very phenomenon. Now, the interesting edge of our solar system, the boundaries between our sun's realm of influence and, well, the rest of interstellar space, is an area of pretty active and interesting research. 
mostly because it's incredibly complicated. You can try and model the relationship of an individual object like Earth and its atmosphere and when aurora might happen if a solar flare were to bounce off it, then that's easy enough to do. But when you start to try and model an entire solar system's weather and atmosphere and how it can interact with the weather beyond it in the interstellar medium, then it gets much more complicated. This heliosphere is a protective bubble that surrounds our entire solar system. In many ways, it's a bubble that actually protects life here on Earth. And understanding how this works and what actually goes into it is a fascinating area of research as has been investigated by astrophysicists at Boston University, like Marav Ofer and James Drake. Now they collaborated together with NASA funding, of course, to publish in the journal Astrophysical Journal with a large list of collaborators on what exactly is happening at the edge of our heliosphere and how they can try to model and understand the weather, more or less, in the outer regions of our solar system. Now, we know that the heliosphere protects the solar system, basically, from bombardment of all kinds of cosmic rays and radiation. But, well, what does it do? How does it actually work? What does it look like? What shape is it? How does this change over time? If it is protecting us from cosmic rays, what happens when they like hit the edge of the heliosphere? Does it form aurora like we would see here on Earth when rays hit our magnetosphere? Well, how does it all work? Now, to try to answer these questions, you need to make an incredibly complicated model. They call their model SHIELD. Now, not anything to do, of course, with Marvel Comics, but rather the solar wind with hydrogen ion exchange and large-scale dynamics. Now, this is a pretty funny name for a model because it's a shield around our solar system. But this shield model has been trying to answer these puzzling questions about the structure and shape of our heliosphere. And this research team have used and published before on how this shield model can help us better understand the way in which our heliosphere works. And most recently, they were trying to dive into what happens when blooming columns of energy and matter, like cosmic jets, get ejected from our sun. And we see this not just on our sun, we see it on stars and black holes and other stellar objects. They just have these massive columns of energy and matter that get shot out. Now... We see these jets projecting as irregular columns, and scientists have been wondering why and what kind of shape these things make. When you think about shapes, the previous models have been sort of assuming that the heliosphere itself wasn't a sphere, but rather like something with a streamed out tail. If you imagine like a comet, you have a circle and then the trailing edge of things just being jetted away. And perhaps that would have been a valid explanation for a heliosphere, but Basing on the simulations that they were doing with all known data of our heliosphere, you don't really end up with a comet-type trail. You end up more like a croissant or even a donut, some kind of squished and rounded shape. And this is a result of, well, neutral hydrogen particles. Now, neutral hydrogen are basically neutral, positive and negative charges balanced out versions of hydrogen. 
and that gives them no charge at all. And hydrogen being pretty much the most populous gas and star fuel out there, it's all over the interstellar medium and all over our solar system. And so these neutral hydrogen particles, they come streaming through the solar system. And when they arrive, they cause all kinds of strange things. Well, and how do they know that these neutral particles cause strange things? Well, if you take them out of the model, you basically get lots of jets coming out of the sun becoming super stable. All of the things bubbling out of the sun that forms our heliosphere just makes a perfect sphere. But that doesn't match our data at all. Add in these neutral particles and then you see that things starts to bend. You get a bit of a wiggling and a wobbling in the sphere generated from all these jets coming out of our sun. These ejections of unstable matter that form the basis of our heliosphere. And so it's important to understand not just what's coming out of our sun, but what's coming into our stellar system and how these interact. These neutral particles basically destabilize the whole thing and cause it to take on a more irregular shape. And when you get these nice jets coming out of the sun of ejections of matter getting bombarded or split by these neutral particles, well, it makes it into a more croissant-like shape. And because these particles are always coming at us from the interstellar medium, it's pretty unlikely that we would get a nice, smooth, trailing-type conical shape like we would get with a comet. It would be way more chaotic than that because we're getting neutral from all over the place, just pelting their way, traveling through the interstellar medium. So the counterpoint to all of this is that it's very difficult for scientists to actually understand exactly what is happening with the heliosphere. It's so nebulous and difficult to measure from inside of it. When we think about the weather, our ability to understand and predict and model climate on Earth was really greatly aided by the invention of satellites, enabling us to observe weather all over the world and build really sophisticated models. We don't really have an ability easily right now to have an external view of our solar system. So we don't have a really good way of measuring and understanding what our heliosphere might be like. But it does a really important job of protecting us, keeping us safe from all kinds of interstellar radiation. And so understanding and predicting its shape is incredibly important, and we need ways to validate our models and understand how they may or may not work. Now, the, this discussion here from the SHIELD model helps understand why we get these instable phenomena that can be seen everywhere from the Horsehead Nebula to other places across our galaxy. And it's some great research that helps try to explain what might be happening at the very edges of our solar system and what kind of shape and structure it might have and why it may not be perfectly spherical. So the heliosphere may not actually be a sphere, more like a donut or a croissant or some kind of irregular shape, but probably not circular and probably not comet-shaped because there's too many things just bombarding it, causing way too much instability. And that's what this model suggests and outlined in the paper in the Astrophysical Journal. But as with always things, there's more to learn here when it comes to the heliosphere. the same way that the heliosphere protects our solar system. More locally, we have a magnetosphere and atmosphere that work together to protect Earth. And in a new paper published in the journal Nature Geosciences, researchers have used NASA's ICON mission, the 
Ionospheric Connection Explorer to map out and understand a really strange phenomena that is occurring inside our atmosphere. Basically, Earth is encircled by a generator called the dynamo. And whilst we know it exists in some form or another, actually understanding what happens and how it works is something researchers like lead author Thomas Immel have been diving into, along with many others in the paper published in this month's issue of Nature Geosciences. Now, when you think about our atmosphere, there's a lot of things going on. Once we get out of the areas of the air we breathe, we sort of end up into the upper atmosphere. Things like our electromagnetic fields protect Earth, and that's where we see our ionosphere, which protects us. We watch things get bombarded on them like aurora. But there's a certain part of the edge of space where you end up with some wind-driven electrical generation effect that's roughly around 100 kilometers above our heads right now. There's a churning type of motion in this boundary in the ionosphere, right at the edge between Earth and space. You get the tidal winds in the upper atmosphere that are super fast, and then you get other winds in the lower atmosphere that are less so. And you get a weird, strange, buzzing electrical environment that can, you know, mess with satellites and technology down here on Earth. One of the reasons why satellites often go a little bit higher to get out of the way of this churning region. Now, scientists have known this thing is there because, well, we can see radio and GPS and other signals bounce through it, get distorted by it, and we know that it also has a role to play in weather because you can get these electric charged particles which can interact with different parts of our atmosphere. And scientists who are trying to predict and model our atmosphere and also space weather have sort of calculated that there's some kind of thing going on, some dynamic interaction, what they call a dynamo, a generator influencing space weather and weather here on Earth, but they haven't really understood why and how. And that's where the ICON mission, which is a satellite designed to sweep through here and really understand these charged particles in this region of the atmosphere, has been churning away since 2019, led by NASA. Now, the ionosphere is like a big sea of electrical charged particles. Basically, things coming out of the sun, lots of charged particles there, hit our atmosphere, especially the neutral layers of our upper atmosphere. And they get sort of stuck somewhere between Earth and space. And the thing is, this little layer in the ionosphere gets influenced by Earth and the Sun simultaneously and also at different times. And looking at a year's worth of data, they found much of the change they actually saw actually was coming from lower atmosphere, so coming up from Earth through the lower atmosphere and then messing with the dinosphere, not just coming down from the Sun. Now, what they saw was like a generator. So coming back to how an electric motor or a generator works, things we use to produce electricity that you're using to charge the device, you're probably listening to this on right now. And basically, the long and short of most technologies is that we spin something through a magnetic field. That magnetic field then induces a current in the device, copper wire. And with this induced current, we can then create a flow of electrons. Now, this was what we used to generate electricity down here on Earth, but the same thing can happen if you move something that can carry charged particles through a large magnetic field. Something that can carry charged particles like a gas, like plasma, and the ionosphere effectively acts like 
a big winding or series of wires that you would find in a transformer or a motor. This big tangled jumbled mess of wires in our ionosphere has and allows electricity to flow through it. So you can actually induce a current in the ionosphere of the Earth, and that is actually what's happening. Now, what happens is you get this induction current little area of our ionosphere, and this gets influenced, pushed around by, well, strong winds in the upper areas of our atmosphere, the thermosphere, which has a lot of high temperatures, and this pushes around the plasma in the ionosphere and moves those winding lines, which of course then changes how much electricity is produced. And you get some squished here or pulled there and just generally shunted around. And what's that's fascinating, it means that despite huge magnetic field influences from Earth's magnetic field and the sun and stellar weather, the biggest influence is actually coming from the turbulence in our own atmosphere. And that bends and shapes the electricity generated and molds the shape literally of the ionosphere itself and that's pretty important because it's so difficult to understand this tug of war between the ionosphere and earth's magnetic field and how this interacts with each other and it can have a huge huge impact on not only models of weather climate but also you know how to keep satellites and scientific balloons safe from you know damage by this large magnetic field now, of course, all of these measurements were taken at a period of time when the sun in its 11-year activity cycle is relatively low. So, of course, Earth is going to be the dominant driver in the variance we see in our ionosphere right now. So, okay, that makes sense for the current set of circumstances we have. And perhaps researchers point out that this might change if Earth enters a period where the sun is way more active, then the influence in the ionosphere from the Earth is going to go down and the influence of the sun is going to go up. But at the moment, basically, the atmosphere and the winds here on Earth are able to move and shunt around this plasma dance that's happening in the ionosphere and leading to a strange morphing and shaping of this beautiful donut around us, this generator of pulsing generated electricity in the air, literally above our planet, that is happening all the time. Now, it's pretty unstable, hard to predict, hard to track, so it's not like we can go up there and tap that for our own electrical use. But knowing where it is is really important for people trying to understand the functions of our own planet's defense mechanism, our magnetosphere and ionosphere, but also to keep satellites safe and help us better understand the weather on here on Earth. So this is some pretty fascinating research using data from NASA's ICON mission. The research is published in the journal Nature Geosciences with lead author Thomas Immel. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. We found out about our own atmosphere's dynamo humming away influenced by weather here on Earth and the Sun, and what shape the heliosphere might take using complex modelling. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.